This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're about to see perhaps the most absurd statement ever uttered by an American general. Unfortunately, this general has a lot of power. He is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the number one uniformed American military member, General Mark Milley. And this is where his priorities are. It is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So... What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. Whew. As the Beltway loves to say, a lot to unpack there. Number one, January 6th, we don't need a commission. He just established, he just said, it was white rage. White rage caused January 6th, huh? And he wants to know about white rage. And he's white. Wow, talk about a virtue signal. You know who doesn't want to know about it? The troops, his troops, the airmen, the Marines, the soldiers, all they're hearing about these days is race. Why? Because General Mark Milley has gone along with it. Because Lloyd Austin has gone along with it. Because Joe Biden is being told by his leftist captors that this is it. Everything is about race. They are destroying the American military with this. Anybody can see that. And don't be surprised, General Milley, that you're getting pushback big time because... This is America's military, not yours. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke. You can be indignant all you want, but you are being woke. Maybe you don't feel woke in your soul, but you are acting woke. And you know that weird titles are making their way onto military reading lists, titles like white fragility, anti-racist babies with divisive, horribly racist messaging. It's all over the military, and you, sir, are responsible for that. You are responsible. And I want to know, is it worth it? <laughs> really? Now, a little bit on uh, General Milley. I had a feeling he was a politician, much more than a soldier. Do you remember when he walked across the street with Donald Trump after that riot? There he is, the dumpy guy, dumpy-looking guy in the camouflaged utilities. He walks across the street with the president of the United States. The swamp freaks out about that for some reason. They tell Millie, they make it clear, you work for us, not for him. So the top uniformed officer is with the commander in chief and he apologizes for it. As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Uh, it really didn't cause much of a national debate. Uh, he got a couple of phone calls from Democrat senators probably, and uh, he caved. 
Uh, he betrayed his president. This guy says he shouldn't appear political. Take a look at this. I happen to remember him flirting with Kamala Harris at the inauguration. I mean, that's some serious close talking, and I think that's a double handshake, okay? They are cozy. Look, Millie is like a lot of swamp snakes. They'll do anything to stay in power. And being the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is a pretty good deal. You get a staff of 500, you outrank basically everybody, and you also get a beautiful house on Fort Myer, which overlooks all of Washington, D.C. Yes, it's actually a pretty sweet deal. But instead of this virtue signaling and uh, feeling bad about being white and examining your uh, white rage, you could be and you should be keeping politics out of the military. Instead, he's let it run rampant. We are seeing soldiers do dangerous things over the past couple of months. Do you remember that contingent of uh, soldiers from Guam who went marching to kind of intimidate Marjorie Taylor Greene? They had some words for her. This is ugly, dangerous stuff, and it should not be happening. And how about when Marines, my service, take it upon themselves to answer back to cable TV hosts? That actually happened. I'll remind everyone that his opinion, which he has a, a right to, is based off of actually zero days of service in the armed forces. Let me offer you my opinion. My opinion is based off of 28 years of actual service in the military, 28 years in the Marine Corps, in combat operations out at sea, and in garrison. Well, I'm going to stop you right there, whoever you are. Um, this was done from a, an official account. That's one of the reasons why I don't like it. Your opinion doesn't matter. The military is subordinate to civilian leadership. It is to the people. And this guy mouthing off about something that Tucker Carlson, by the way, said on TV, that was a disgrace. But this kind of behavior is being encouraged by the left-wing Biden administration. It really is. And what is the excuse? And believe me, it's a flimsy excuse. January 6th. Because of January 6th, everything's on the table. You got to fight white supremacy because it's everywhere. You just heard the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said that white rage fueled this. Not genuine concerns about <clears throat> what happened last fall or a total failure of security. Meanwhile, we have a Capitol Hill police officer. Actually, I believe he's from the Washington Police Department, Washington, D.C. His name is Fanon. And uh, he's been running around lobbying Congress in a pretty forceful and, I think, unprofessional way, making himself available to every TV network that will listen. Here we go. As efforts to downplay January 6th grow louder, last week, 21 House Republicans voted to deny Fanon and fellow officers the highest congressional honor for their heroism in an attempt, he thinks, not to acknowledge the attack itself. Which is, you know, to me, far more repulsive uh, than voting against, you know, giving cops a medal. Fanon has become friends with Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger and Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell. Well, first off, they're not your friends. And secondly, I don't think you want Swalwell or Kinzinger as friends anyway. Also, a medal for the Capitol Hill police and the Washington, D.C. police after January 6th. I'm sorry, but they don't deserve one. That was a huge failure. We all saw it. A failure of planning, a failure of execution. We all saw the people walk right by, 
right by police officers who didn't do anything. Maybe they were told that, but no one's getting a medal. How about this cop who seemed to be waving the protesters up to Capitol Hill? And I remember those cops in riot gear just standing there as they were implored to take action, and they didn't, all right? So I think one of the best votes from Congress in the past few months has been to deny the police officers on Capitol Hill a gold medal. I love cops, but that day was a disgrace. What else did this uh, Fanon have to say? As an American, I believe very strongly in a, in a two-party system. Um, right now, one of those parties has a cancer, and we got to cut it out. This is dangerous stuff. You know, they've given Rudy Giuliani a hard time. A cancer, Democrat, this guy's arm. He's a cop still, I believe. This is wrong, and they're parading this guy around. He's lobbying Congress, demanding things. You know who's not demanding things? The police officers who were hurt by Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters. Have you heard their names? Have they been on the morning news lately? Have they? Of course not. Of course not. A double standard indeed. I'll be right back. We're going to talk to Rudy Giuliani, who has been unfairly targeted for supporting Donald Trump and representing him. Stay with us. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? How about this? Uh, Joe Biden has this weird affect. I don't know why he does it. He thinks it's charming. He thinks it's cute, but it's weird. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week for child care. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? It's kind of scary, like ghost story scary stuff. Um, so I, anyway, all right. Saw this on the morning show, uh, the Today Show, actually. Uh, critical race theory, take it away. Good morning, Craig. You know, since the murder of George Floyd, institutions across the country, from schools to businesses to the U.S. military, have been re-examining how racial discrimination should be taught. Um, all right. This is kind of uh, where we are right now. It just made me think, since the murder of George Floyd, businesses, the military is debating how racial discrimination should be taught. What is the military doing teaching racial discrimination? Like, what does that have to do with anything? This was an awful, awful matter, terrible. Um, it's been adjudicated. Uh, what does it have to do with everything? I don't know, but it's all they're talking about on MSNBC still. Do you know who uh, Christopher Rufo is? Uh, he's amazing. He is an expert on critical race theory, and he doesn't like it. He's been on this show many times. This is pretty wild, though. He goes on the Joy Reid show over there at MSNBC. It's about a nine-minute interview 
Look at how much Chris gets to say. Let, let's start out and do the elephant in the room. So, so when you and I started off on a little bit of a Twitter beef, uh, are you like an expert in, you know, race or racial history? Which I think is fine. It's politics. Well, wait, That's their one game. second. Just, I'm but, sorry. I wasn't attacking. I was reading your quote. You, you, you make a lot of claims, um, some of which I just want to go through very quickly. You First, what the is your this is a term. What the is term is actually counter genocide. One, one, one moment. And it's inherently racist. So no. what you're doing is you're playing a series of word games. No. You know that critical no. whiteness studies That's, is a sub- In this manifesto, right. people can You get the one. picture here. Let me just go for a second. The guy literally does not speak for more than 1.5 seconds without Joy Reid saying something. Uh, he got to speak for less than a minute overall. That's the way they roll over there on MSNBC. Chris, come back anytime. You know, we'll treat you with respect. All right. Also, do you know who Andy No is? He is fantastic. He is a journalist who has infiltrated Antifa at times. He shows up at these horrible protests and he documents them. Uh, it's incredible. He actually brought us this footage from, I believe this is Portland. He's in the middle of it all consistently. Well, Andy has a new book. And let's put that book on the screen. Uh, it's called Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. That's the kind of book I'd like to read. It's also a book that a member of Mumford & Sons would like to read. You know that band? What's this guy? This Mumford & Sons, they're very big. I'll get to my experience with them in a moment. So the guy who plays the banjo, uh, sorry, his name is Winston Marshall. He put out a tweet saying, hey, this might be an interesting book. Uh, congratulations to Mr. Andy No. Finally had the time to read your important book. You're a brave man. Well, good for him. Um, well, a lot of people didn't like that. And the intensity of the backlash was so intense that... Uh, Winston has had to quit Mumford & Sons. Why I'm leaving Mumford & Sons. Uh, his views, his semi-endorsement of that book, semi I say, uh, was too much. And cancel culture, whatever, he is now out of Mumford & Sons. And that is ridiculous. I couldn't name a Mumford & Sons song. I know they've been around for a long time. They're big, people like them. I only know, when I think Mumford, I think Eddie Murphy and uh, Beverly Hills Cop, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think that might be where they got the name, but who knows? All right, and now this. Black lives do matter, not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, all black lives matter, all lives matter, but the life of 18 year old Yamik Johnson mattered shot and killed in a drive-by shooting Sunday night in Danbury, Connecticut. He was walking to a cookout near a local elementary school on Sunday night when a car drove by and someone opened fire. His family called him a good kid, loved to laugh, played sports, and had a knack for dancing. He just graduated from high school. His father said violent crime in the area is out of control and must stop. So far, no one has been arrested, no leads, because there's no surveillance cameras in the area. Tough case to crack. 18-year-old Yamik Johnson shot and killed. His life is over. All right, coming up, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, did you hear that he has been at least temporarily disbarred here in New York from practicing law? It's an outrage, and he'll be here.
It is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. Virtue signaler in chief, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. That was an outrageous statement, uh, in my opinion. White rage, he wants to know about white rage, and it was white rage that caused January 6th. Let's bring in some experts. One of them was actually in the room when this all went down. Representative Guy Reschenthaler, Republican of Pennsylvania, former Navy JAG officer, welcome back, sir, and Congressman Michael you, Waltz, Republican of Florida, Colonel in the National Guard, former Green Beret. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. Just um, first, Congressman Waltz, your reaction to uh, some of what we saw yesterday. Well, what I presented to the Secretary of Defense uh, was the fact that West Point, United States Military Academy, is teaching critical race theory as part of its curriculum. Uh, critical race theory and introduction is actually in the book selection in one of the courses. Uh, and the fact that over 100 cadets attended a seminar titled Dealing with Your Whiteness and White Rage, taught by Dr. Carol Anderson, who called the Republican Party platform a platform of white supremacy and the former commander in chief, a white supremacist. Uh, so that's what I laid out before uh, the secretary uh, and, and the chairman. And in fact, the secretary of defense agreed with me that uh, that is completely inappropriate. Look, I can't think of anything more divisive uh, than dividing our military. I've served in for years where I was taught that you bleed army green, your skin color is camouflage. Yeah. And I can tell you what, uh, the enemy's bullets could care less uh, about anything except for the fact that you're American. This has got to stop, and we're going to put a stop to it. Well, good luck, Congressman Waltz. And I noticed that Secretary uh, Austin would be like, oh, no, we don't, we don't teach critical race theory. We just uh, say that right. white supremacy has pervaded the ranks and must be rid of, and we must be rid of the systemic racism that's been in place for so long. So he's espousing it without espousing it. I found it to be typically bureaucratic. Uh, Congressman Reschenthaler, your thoughts, please. Yeah, so my thoughts are very simple. We cannot have a military force that is taught to hate the country for which they're defending. And I want to be clear about something. The Chinese are not teaching books on, uh, on John Locke and Adam Smith. The Russians certainly aren't doing that. The Chinese are teaching the PLA officers about how China is going to be the next global superpower. The Russians are teaching their military how they're going to dominate uh, Europe, for example. We need to teach our officers how America is the greatest country on earth and how we need to exert our influence globally and meet the rising threat that is China and Russia. Also, I can say this. When I was in the Navy, our logo was Navy, a fighting force, a global force for good. I don't even think with today's military you could have that slogan because this brass, this top brass would find it offensive somehow to say that the Navy in the United States is a global force for good. Yeah, you know, we're all in the military, and that was one of the great things about it. And I think we have some pictures from uh, men and women who served that I used earlier in the show. It was great. We didn't really talk about race. We didn't think about race. We just were Marines or soldiers or airmen or sailors, and, uh, and you met people from all walks of life, and you came together. And it seems like the atmosphere is the opposite of that right now, Congressman Waltz. Yeah, and I, where I just completely and fundamentally disagree with uh, with General Milley is he's conflating 
teaching history, you know, and he even said so in 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 his uh, remarks there, teaching fascism and learning about communism. But the difference is this critical race theory isn't uh, about learning about what happened in the Civil War. There is a difference in teaching and indoctrination uh, and what these lecturers and what these courses are teaching the future military leaders, uh, as Congressman Reschenthaler said, was that the Constitution, our civilian institutions are fundamentally racist, misogynist, colonialist uh, and evil and need to be opposed. Hey, uh, that's one thing if some kid in California thinks that it's another thing for the future chairman of the Joint Chiefs that can be sitting in that class and sitting in that seminar. Sure. Uh, and that's unacceptable. Or the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And here's my theory about him. He's a political animal. Quite frankly, you have to be to ascend to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, but I haven't seen it played like this. He walked across the street with President Trump last summer. He was horrified by it. He apologized profusely. It was totally unnecessary. He's walking with the commander in chief, of course, mind you. And then he, um, he apologizes for that. I saw him basically flirting with Kamala Harris at the inauguration. He strikes me as a swamp creature, quite frankly, out for himself. He's saying this stuff because I think it's a way for him to stay in power. And I believe he's up for reappointment uh, fairly soon. And he wants to march to their drum. Uh, I know I put a lot out there. I know you got to work with him closer than I do, uh, Congressman Reschenthaler. But your thoughts, please. Yeah, look, I, I will work with him, but I'm also not going to be afraid to uh, to confront him if he ever comes before one of my committees, because at the end of the day, we cannot teach that the United States, we cannot teach members of the United States military critical race theory, because just like Congressman Walsh was saying, this critical race theory is teaching that all our institutions are inherent, inherently racist, they're inherently bad. That theory teaches that we need to tear down these institutions. That's not something you want to teach the future leaders of our military. Uh, I think that it's good that there's pushback from members of Congress like myself and Congressman Waltz. It's good that we're holding uh, these individuals accountable and showing them that they cannot indoctrinate our, our service members into what is really Marxist theory. Well, lately the ads for military recruitment have been uh, woke, have been all about uh, gender and orientation. I'd like to show you an ad from the Russian military. This is how they recruit, and I believe the messaging is slightly different. Yeah, this looks like the military that I recognize. Unfortunately, it's the Russian military. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we've got our uh, work to do. We're counting on you, gentlemen. Thank you very much for being there and for fighting. Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, Republican of Pennsylvania, and Congressman Michael Waltz, Republican of Florida. Thank you both. Thanks, Greg. All right. All right. Thank care. you so much. We'll be back. I'm very good at competing, I guarantee you that. And I like winning. But we need to compete with these states. 
We need to change what's happening here. We've got more to offer here in California than Texas or Florida combined. We just have to have a good business environment and less regulations on the people here in this state. And that's what I plan on fighting for. Wow, Caitlyn Jenner, quite an ad, Republican candidate for governor of California. Well done. Let's go, Craig. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, it's not rocket science, okay? Anytime, I'm a Republican, very proud yeah. Republican. I've always been on the Republican side, but I'm an inclusive Republican. I look at myself a little bit differently from that standpoint than the box of what we think of as a Republican, you know, the white guy behind the desk, businessman. I'm, I'm outside the box there. I'm an inclusive Republican. But um, uh, because I have conservative economic values, that's why I've always been on this side. I, I believe in less government, less regulations, a more pro-business environment. Any time in history that has worked, that has been tried, has worked, and worked tremendously for business because that's the big problem we have in California. We don't have a friendly business environment. I mean, it's just not even close. 18,000 companies have left. But on the social side, I'm not your typical Republican. I'm an inclusive Republican. I'm in it for everybody, and I want to see everybody succeed. You think the Republican Party, though, has kind of been expanding. Um, it's not necessarily your leadership that's going to bring about the change. I mean, Donald Trump, a lot of people came to Trump who weren't traditional. He right. did very well with African Americans. Uh, there are a lot of gay yeah. Republicans out there. Uh, this is not brand new. No, it isn't. It's not brand new, but we have to continue that effort. Um, the perception in the media of a Republican is, you know, they're against, you know, blacks, they're this, that, that. That's the perception that the left is going to be pushing out there. And to be honest with you, it's not true. We have to continue to push. Um, but I don't want to go to what people think of what is that box of the traditional Republican. Uh, I want the Republican Party to come to me. I want to be the fighter in the, in the party to make it more inclusive to get people, I mean, I'm, I'm in it for everybody. I, I think everybody needs the dignity of a job, you know, not a handout. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody wants that. And we don't have that in California right now. All right, we don't have a date for the recall. Now listen, this is an no. opinion show. I'm not a fan of Gavin Newsom. We all saw that picture of him in the laundromat. We believe oh, yes. he's mismanaged COVID. But right now, uh, I'm seeing the polls, maybe they're fake news polls, but only about 40% of Californians, according to a lot of these polls, are in favor of recalling him. And he seems to be running kind of high over he the past is, couple of weeks. Well, uh, well, of course. Um, Gavin Newsom, over the next few months, is going to be the greatest governor that California has ever had. But people are not going to forget what he did. He has done, and, and the main reason, not just the economy and what he's done to the economy, um, and what he's done to businesses in here. But the main reason he is being recalled is because how he's had the COVID response. As you know, every governor has done it differently. Um, uh, and, you know, I'll use uh, Ron DeSantis is, you know, I think done an absolutely magnificent job out there. He has used COVID and the opening up of the state as a political tool. Um, Every time he's turned around, he's more interested in what the special interests are doing and what they want to do, a la the teachers' union, in keeping schools closed for an entire year. This recall was really backed by parents and by mothers 
who have had to be home with their children and haven't been able to work, who kids have missed a year of not just education, but socializing, football games, you name it. They've listed an entire year of this. And the parents are absolutely furious. And they're really the ones behind it. They are not going to forget. We have lost 33% of all restaurants in California are closed, never to reopen again. I mean, businesses are leaving at a faster rate now um, because it's just not a, a friendly business environment. People are not going to forget that. And we have to, honestly, we have to keep reminding Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. has been horrible for the state. So what does Caitlyn Jenner bring to the table? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when Schwarzenegger did this, right. he was doing blockbuster movies right up basically until the, uh, mm-hmm. the recall election. Right. Um, you know. Donald Trump could say he hired thousands of people and and started all these businesses. What is it that you have in your background that you can bring to the table to lead California? Well, first of all, I've been an entrepreneur, I've been in the business world, the entertainment world is the business world, run businesses, been involved, had aviation companies. I've done a lot of different things from that standpoint. But the most important thing is I am an outsider, okay? I go to Sacramento. I don't have one political favor to one special interest group in Sacramento, okay? I'm not the one, as you say, the insiders. I'm not the one who gave us the highest income tax rate in the the state. I'm not the one who is the highest sales tax, 7.25. Gas tax right now, we have the highest gas prices in the nation. Why? Because little over 50% of what you're paying is tax on that gas. I'm not the one that did that. I'm the one that come in that's going to try to correct that problem. Is it going to be easy? No. But you have to have a fighter. And I, I'm kind of come from a long line of fighters, of people that go in there. I'm a very quick study. I'm going to surround myself with some great people and make the right decisions for the people of California, not what's right for Sacramento. Hey, I don't, uh, I'm not a fan of professional politicians, and I think citizens should have uh, the chance to do this, and we'll see. By the way, all right, I say this respectfully. Okay. There are people out there who are a little bit, and here I am bringing it up, oh. tired of uh, gender issues, talking about it, thinking about it. The mainstream media seems fixated on it. Um, if anyone wants to turn the page on transgender issues, mm-hmm. um, are you prepared to do that? Uh, this is not going to be something you're talking about or pursuing as governor. Whether right. it's awareness I'm, or... I'm not a trans activist candidate. I am a citizen for the last 48 years of the state of California. Um, yes, this is almost like, remember 2016, the bathroom issue? Yeah. Yeah, uh, in North Carolina. Um, it seemed this, important at the time. Oh, so important, <laughs> yes. Uh, and now we have, yes, uh, trans issues that are out there, especially in sports. Uh, I have made a statement. Um, I, I am for protecting girls' sports especially in high school. Uh, That's extremely important to me, and I stick with that. If they need more information, to be honest with you, go to my website. I kind of explain everything right there, CaitlinJenner.com. And plus, if you want to follow what we're doing, it's all through CaitlinJenner.com. But uh, to be honest with you, in California, we have such bigger issues than this. I'm standing on my back porch, and I'm watching flames come at my house two, three hundred feet in the air. Why? Because a transformer 17 miles away blew up, and about six hours later, that was at my house. 
um, we need to upgrade. We uh, upgrade the electrical system in the state of California where there's so many things that need to be done. These are major issues that people die over. And I mean, uh, transition is a small issue. I'll deal with that when we get in there. Caitlyn Jenner, go to CaitlynJenner.com. By the way, you may not know that Caitlyn Jenner is a very accomplished pilot. Yes. Actually, as far as celebrities go, you might have more experience and expertise as an aviator than just about anybody out there. Yeah, no, I've been doing it a long time. I've really enjoyed it. But you know what? It was funny. Uh, when I did, I did Sean Hannity, and I did it at my hangar in Camarillo. And uh, I mentioned that I was in my hangar. And then I got kind of all this flack about, oh, my God, you have a plane. I have a little a twin engine baron, you know. I mean, a great airplane gets me everywhere. But people don't realize what a big industry, especially in California, what a big industry this is. It's a multi-billion dollar industry in the state of California, not just private aviation, but also business aviation in the state. It's a huge business. And I'm sitting there getting criticized for supporting what is one of the largest businesses in California. You know, the airport system, uh, the private aviation, the FBOs, the mechanics. It employs thousands and thousands of people in the state. So I'm proud to be in aviation. And, and you were too, now you? Uh, that's correct. I got a few uh, well, a thousand or so hours. I flew Harriers. And it's fun. Harriers. Not only is it a big business, but it's fun. I know. My, my son just bought a Satabria. A little aerobatic airplane. Wow. So, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. I used to have a Which pits. one? Did I see him in some reality show? Which, which, yeah, which, 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 one? which yes. one? Yes. No. Yeah, no. He brought a little Satabria and uh, put it in the hangar. But I had a pits. I, there's two things in aviation. There's one from going from point A to point B. You know, you got to get places. And there's the other, the sport of aviation. And the sport of aviation is bigger in so many ways. We do formation flying in Ooh. his plane and... All kinds of fun stuff. That's very cool. Caitlyn yeah. Jenner, to be continued, check out CaitlynJenner.com. Thank that you is. very much. Thank you, and I appreciate all your support. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Rudolph Giuliani, one of the most effective prosecutors in the history of this country. He did such a great job. He became mayor of the city of New York, and we all know the job he did as mayor. Time man of the year. He led us after 9-11. And now this ridiculous, atrocious ruling from the Supreme Court of the State of New York Appellate Division, temporarily at least, banning him from practicing law in the state of New York. Most of us believe that he has been targeted because of his support of President Trump. The former mayor, Rudy Giuliani, joins me right now. Mr. Mayor, welcome back. How are you? And I'm sorry this is happening. Well, I'm not very happy about this. I love practicing law. It's my passion. I've done it for 50 years. I've done it for 50 years without, I think, a single complaint ever. I've been involved in some of the most bitter litigation imaginable, never had charges like this. And I've had my life threatened any number of times for the cases that I brought that I think really helped my country. And I uh, don't appreciate these. I mean, it's I, I don't know exactly what I can say and what I can't say. All I can tell you is America is not America any longer. Uh, we do not live in a free state. We live in a state that's controlled by the Democrat Party, by Cuomo, de Blasio, and the Democrats. Um, we have a double standard. There's no doubt if I was representing Hillary Clinton, I'd be their hero. I represented my client so effectively that they're trying to get me to shut up. Mr. Because they know what's going to happen. Because they did it. They know what's going to happen in Arizona, and they know what's going to happen in in uh, Georgia, well, and they want this mouth shut. 
Mr. Mayor, you know what? You're not exaggerating. I, I, I believe that this is a dirty plot against you. And here it is. The proof is actually in this 30-page ruling. Horribly dishonest opinion. Where they, number one, they are declaring right now that you are a threat. At this moment, you are an immediate threat <laughs> to the public interest. <laughs> you, Rudy Giuliani, just sitting there because you're not unifying behind Joe Biden. The country's being torn apart. And that's what they're citing. Yeah, they're the country is being torn apart because of cable news or whatever. Well, I made all those statements, correct? Mm -hmm. Not a single one of them led to a protest, a riot, an incident, uh, and anything. So obviously those statements do not have the impact of being, of creating danger. These statements were made in, this is all after January 6th. If these statements are so darn dangerous, how come there hasn't been a protest, a riot, uh, the kind of thing we had last last summer when the city was blowing up and the Democrats were doing nothing. No, you are a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not, but I've read a bunch of documents in my life. And this does not read like a legal document. I want to read one portion. The seriousness of respondents, you, uncontroverted misconduct cannot be overstated. This country is being torn apart by continued attacks on the legitimacy of the 2020 election and our current president, Joe Biden, one only has to look at the ongoing present public discord over the 2020 election, which erupted into violence and insurrection and death on January 6, 2021. These are political observations. This is not a legal yeah, argument. Yeah. Can I just make one legal point? Yeah. The only reason they're not controverted is they didn't let me controvert them. I never had a hearing. I offered them the affidavits and they and they 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 say I supported my statement by saying I got it from an expert. And then I said, there's an affidavit available. And then I said, the affidavit's available to them. They have never gone to look. For example, there's an affidavit from an expert that says 68,000 underage people voted in Georgia. I repeated as the expert's statement. I don't know that. Mm -hmm. He's a witness. Like most lawyers, he's a witness. Then they say, I didn't support it because I didn't hand in the affidavit. I offer them the affidavit. My, lawyer, my lawyers, who are two former judges, said we couldn't possibly give them all the affidavits. They're that many. Mm -hmm. So we said, anyone you want to look at, you can look at. Now, they don't bother to point that out. Well, and some of the things they've been doing, by the They're way. They're terribly they dishonest. They've been listening to your radio show. I know you have a radio show. <laughs> and it actually happens to be very good on WABC. And they listen to your... They're actually quoting things you said to callers. <laughs> this is not this is not material you said. And none of the callers went out and shot anybody, by the way. But you're not a lot of these statements. You <laughs> or didn't, burned you, a car. You didn't say in court. You, these are things that you said in the public discourse, in the public arena, which yeah, I believe uh, is your right. First Amendment. Right. As a citizen. Yeah, yeah. All right. We want to show you, and since you are such a public threat, uh, the current attorney general, Letitia James, how she speaks uh, about her priorities uh, during the campaign and since she became attorney general. Take a look. Say one name. Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Get off your will, you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain. He said, I know my name personally. Running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. Legal system where even the most powerful in the country cannot use a loophole to evade justice. We must do our job to ensure that. The man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. She's being overtly political with her responsibilities. And threatening. And threatening. There is that. And threatening isn't to the legitimate president of the United States.
right? She's, he, Donald Trump at the time was the legitimate president of the United States. And she's running for office in a way that should have gotten her disbarred. She's running for office to get one, what is he? She's Javert? She's running for office to get one man. And they don't have, a, she never said he committed a crime. What crime are they investigating? They're looking for a crime. Do you know how un-American that is? We, we investigate allegations of crimes. We don't go search a man's life to invent or find crimes. That's what they're doing to him, and that's what the Southern District is doing to me. Yeah. It's, a, it's an investigation in search of a crime. Completely un-American. Now, lawyers can be cited. They can be disbarred for things they do outside of the courtroom. Correct? Yes, that can correct. happen. Absolutely. Uh, so, but I do want to emphasize that everything they're alleging here seems to be things that you have said in public, like January 6th. And I think we have video of you speaking to the crowd. Now, the idea that you incited the riot, um, people have raised that. I reject it. You have not been charged with inciting a riot. Correct. A lot of people have been arrested. I haven't been. And, and the statement they used about um, about trial by combat refers to the machines, taking the machines and comparing them one to the other to see which one is legitimate. I say that at the beginning. I say it at the end. It's quite clear. You have very uh, strong support from President Trump. We have a statement from him this afternoon. Let's go through it if we can. Put it up on the screen, please. Uh, have you talked to him lately, by the way? Let's mm -hmm. go through this. Can you believe that New York wants to strip Rudy Giuliani, a great American patriot, of his law license because he has been fighting what has already been proven to be a fraudulent election? He goes on. The greatest mayor in the history of New York City, the Elliot Ness of his generation, one of the greatest crime fighters our country has ever known. And this is what the radical left does to him. All of New York is out of control. Yeah, crime is at an all-time high. It's nothing but a witch hunt. And they should be ashamed of themselves. Take America back. You know, I have grave questions about the fairness of the 2020 election. That has not been settled. We both understand, though, that Joe Biden is the president. Yes, of course he's the president. But we have a right to look at the last election. I'll tell you why. They're trying to pass this H.R. 1, which would basically take away the two-party system. It's designed to destroy the Republican Party, and it's designed to give us elections without identification. Mm -hmm. If that becomes law, 140 million paper ballots go out, and you can send them back without identification. It's a recipe to cheat, 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 and cheat. Mr. Mayor, you are not a threat to the public interest. Well, you are these, serving the public well, interest. Yes, these, actually, do I'm me a favor. Talk about these guys. We got them right here, Mr. Mattis and uh, Ms. Robinson. Let's take a look now. Back in last, New York last summer, sir. These two individuals are alleged to have firebombed a New York City police vehicle. Uh, and I believe that plea negotiations may be underway. They are still said to be practicing law. One is a corporate attorney, Collinsford Mattis, and Aruj Rahman is a human rights attorney. Let's take a look at them again. They are in their early 30s. And there have been no disbarment proceedings against them. They're in a lot of trouble, or at least they should be, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I, uh, did anybody torch anything as a result of anything I said? No. And, and the statements they're talking about supposedly create a danger. Where's the danger? January 6th is over by the time we're talking about yep. that. They're saying those statements cause danger. Where? Who did what? Who blew up a car? Mr. Mayor, this is a Democrat decision by five judges who should be themselves investigated. I think they're destroying fairness. You tell me if this would have happened if I were representing Hillary Clinton. You know it wouldn't have happened. We all know the answer to that. Mr. Mayor, 
I think this is all going to work out. Oh, all I right? hope so. But it's very, I love practicing law, and they're going after the thing that I probably love to do more in life, be we, a lawyer. We know you're still licensed in Washington, D.C. We want that to stay in effect, and we want to reverse this decision. Mr. Mayor, I'm on your side. Thank all right? You. To be continued, and we'll be right back. Tomorrow morning, Donald Trump speaking to our Wake Up America team at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Enjoy, and I'll see you tomorrow.